0: Merry Christmas, my name is Kevin Maurice. I'm the youth pastor here at Grace and whether you're uh, a regular part of our church family or you're a guest or or visiting with us, maybe even for the first time, we are really, really glad that you're here and we hope that by being here tonight, your Christmas uh, will be richer and more meaningful as we worship Jesus Christ together. About 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote this passage that's become very familiar to us at this time of year. He wrote, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. You can finish it with me. Prince of Peace. And now on the night that Jesus was born, an angel appears in the field to shepherds and tells them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. A child is born, the prince of peace. And then the angels declare this message of glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace. These are two famous Christmas passages. They're fairly well-known. They adorn our Christmas cards and our holiday decorations and and they are beautiful and inspiring and nostalgic even. But if I'm honest, and I think if we're honest, I struggle with with what this really means because what does peace actually look like in our day-to-day? especially when you've had the kids home from school for just a week now, what does peace actually look like? And then how can we believe in a message of peace in 2021? Because it feels like, like peace is more easily imagined than it is realized. It's more like a, a Norman Rockwell painting or a, a fantasy of Bedford Falls than it is a reality that we live in. Because Christmas time, it, it may be joyful for a lot of people. All is calm, all is bright. But for many, it's it's just a brief respite from the trouble that the rest of the year has. For others, Christmas is actually a painful reminder of the lack of peace in life and in the world. For some, there's a lack of, of personal peace, because instead of peace, Christmas makes you feel anxious, restless. Christmas might even make you feel alone. Everybody seems to go home to uh, their real friends, to their happy, smiling families and you don't have that. Or maybe this Christmas finds you uh, jobless or worried about the future or or about that diagnosis or you're concerned with your, your kids or the state of your marriage or the dwindling hope of getting married. And and when there's this absence of of relational peace, that stings too. Because maybe this is the first Christmas after the funeral or after the divorce and the songs and the traditions of the season, they remind you of someone who used to be in your life who isn't anymore. And and we're all well aware of, of this void of global peace, aren't we? I mean, these past two years, they haven't really changed the world. They've just revealed more and more of what it's really like and and more and more of of what we're really like. So disease, injustice, war, death, I, I think we're all well aware that the world is not at peace. And so we hear about it and we read about it and we think to ourselves, okay, how? because it doesn't seem possible. I recently heard a story that's helped me to navigate some of these emotions and, and, and put some of these feelings into perspective. It's the story of a man named Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Great name. He was an American poet in the 19th century, and his life was filled with tragedy. In 1861, Henry's wife died in a house fire. And Henry himself was actually severely burned trying to rescue her. And, and even years later, he was still understandably depressed and in despair over losing her. Two years after that event, in the March of 1863, his oldest son, 18 year old Charles, snuck out of the family home, got on a train to Washington, D.C., to enlist in the Union Army to go fight in the Civil War. When Henry. Is upset that his son is gone but he's also proud of him. Nine months later in December Henry receives a telegram saying that his son has been severely wounded in battle. He's been shot, the bullet has has grazed his spine and there's a good chance that the boy's not gonna live and if he does he'll be paralyzed forever. So Henry jumps on a train and he goes to visit his son in the hospital. He arrives there a few days before Christmas. He never leaves his boy's side. He sleeps in the hospital and he wakes up one morning. It's December 25th and he hears the bells from around the city sounding that it's Christmas. And he looks out the window and he sees people smiling and embracing and and celebrating and he imagines them walking into those churches and, and singing songs and reading Bible passages about peace. And as he looked around and he thought about all that was wrong in his world, in the world, as he looked at a country that was being torn apart and he thought about his own life, he felt that despair of of losing his wife and, and now the looming possibility of losing his child, he wrestled with this tension of Christmas morning and and the emotions of the world that he lived in. And he was a poet, remember, and he did what good poets do. He took out his pen and his notebook and he sat down and he began to write. And he wrote this poem that was later turned into a song called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Let me just read some of the words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat Of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. But then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill to men." It's a powerful song. There's tremendous message here. And to summarize it, to put it simply, what Henry Longfellow was saying is that the world is not at peace. In fact, the world is a mess. The earth is in disorder, hate, and evil, and, and brokenness, and sickness, and death, are realities within which we live, and that is why we need Christmas. Not as a a sentimental balm to, to soothe our souls once each year, but as the truth to stir us awake and show us the only way to true peace. So you see, celebrating Christmas is actually the most unsentimental, realistic way of looking at life. Because this is, this is not a holiday that, that encourages us or reminds us to just cheer up and, and look at the bright side and cozy up by the fire. Think peaceful, happy thoughts because it's going to get better. No, the story of Christmas, the story of Christianity is instead, we do not have peace. Things really are this bad. In fact, they're worse. And and you and I, we can't heal it. We can't fix it. We can't save ourselves because we're part of the problem. Things are this dark. And that is why Jesus was born. That's why Jesus was born. Jesus really lived. God the Son, existing eternally, was born on this planet and what we celebrate on December 25th is what makes Christianity different than, than any other world religion or, or belief system. It's the incarnation of Jesus Christ. No other faith dares to claim that God himself became human. And, and Christmas doesn't just mean that God became human. It means that God became human to save us, to save us from, from sin and from ourselves and to bring us to peace with himself. That is the peace of Christmas. It's what Christians call the gospel. It's, it's the good news that the angels were declaring in the field that night. And, and the gospel is not that Jesus came to earth to, to show and tell us how to, to live. And if we just live a good life, then God will bless us with temporary earthly peace. No, the, the message of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came to earth, he he lived the perfect life that we could never live, he died the death that that we should have died, and he offers us this gift of perpetual, eternal peace, salvation and, and reconciliation in a relationship with our creator. That is the peace of Christmas. And it's this ultimate peace with God that is foundational to all other peace in our lives. It's because all peace inwardly, all peace outwardly is based on this most important vertical experience of peace with God. And, and, and so there, there can be no lasting peace in this world or in our relationships or even within ourselves outside of a restored and right relationship with Him. One of my favorite authors, uh, C.S. Lewis, says it this way God cannot give us happiness or peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. And that's the beauty, that's the hope of Christmas. God says, Here is peace. His name is Jesus, He's my Son and it's true, and it's everlasting peace. And it can only ever be found in the Prince of Peace. And so the angel's words, they're true, and they will be true forever. There will be peace on earth as it is in heaven, because we've been given the gift of Jesus Christ in a restored relationship with God. And so this Christmas Eve, let me just ask you, do you have peace with God? Do do you have a relationship with your Creator? And if not, or if that's something that you've never really considered or, or thought about, I would love to invite you to make a choice tonight, December 24th, to trust in Jesus as your Savior, as Christ, as your Lord, to accept this gift of peace that God has so freely given. If that gift is is something that you've thought about for a while or or even ready to open up your arms and receive it, I so strongly encourage you to talk to someone about that tonight. Talk to the friend or the family member who invited you here tonight. Talk to the, the friend or family member that you're sitting next to. If you happen to come alone after this service, I'd love to talk to you about that. I'll be right up here up front. But please do not let this evening pass without reflecting on or talking to someone about a relationship with God and peace with Him. Maybe you've already made that decision. It was years, decades ago even. Here's what I want to ask you to consider tonight. In what areas of your life Are you not at peace? In what areas of your life do you not experience the peace that Jesus brings? Is it personally or relationally, even spiritually? In what areas of your life do you need to continue to ask God to change and shape you in order to become more like his son, more like Jesus Christ in all of life so that you can experience his peace? Ask Him tonight, ask Him to work in you, to begin to, to change and, and shape you as a husband, as a father, as a mother or daughter, as a friend, as a family member. As we close this evening, I just want us to look again at these words from that Christmas carol and to let this gospel message resound in us and, and ring out like those bells that Christmas morning. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail, with peace on earth and goodwill to men. We who were wrong have been made right by Jesus Christ. And in him alone we have peace. Merry Christmas, Grace. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we pray tonight and we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your son. Father, we, we come before you and we're humbled that you looked into this world, into our world, and you stepped into it. You were born, you were born to die, and you were born to die for us. Because you love us. And so tonight, Father, we just pray and we thank you for that. We thank you for the gift of your Son. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few months before uh, Jesus was born, uh, Zechariah, one of the priests, uh, prophesied about his birth. And he wrote this in Luke chapter one, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. The birth of Jesus means that light has broken into the darkness. And Jesus is that light, and he leads us into peace, the way of peace. And so tonight, as as we light our candles and, and we spread this light throughout the room, let's sing together and worship Jesus Christ, who is our light and our life. Let's light those candles now. Thanks.